0: Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Renee Merlot. Happy birthday to you. I really should have been a singer. I think we all know that, especially by hearing me drop those bars. Today is uh, my happy birthday addition to my good friend Renee Merlot. Renee lives in New Jersey. So happy birthday to you, Renee. I know it's a little bit belated. This is going to come out the day after your birthday. But it's because I did one yesterday on your birthday. And I just felt like it was a little bit too negative, And that's... Not the way I come off or want to come off. I know that I vent a lot and I have no problem with venting or complaining about things that bother me but I don't want it to be like a completely negative podcast where everybody just feels like, uh, are we just gonna hear you bitch again? Because that's not what i'm trying to do here. You know, um, I have A lot of good things happening in my life. So it's it's sometimes hard not to focus on the negative I think that's human nature or That's maybe a little bit of what I do sometimes. Um, Not necessarily focus on the negative, but it's just what pops in my head when I have to talk about what my week's been like. Uh, This week is kind of a lot of stuff. Uh, My friend Renee, it's her birthday. Well, yesterday was. That was the 11th was uh, Renee's birthday. And um, if you guys don't know me and Renee used to hang out all the time when she lived here in LA She did comedy for a while. Some of you do know Renee Um, And she did comedy for a while and Then I think we lost touch for about a year In between while she was in transition moving from LA she spent some time in Florida and then we didn't get to talk for a while. But when when she lived in L.A., we used to go to the Cobra all the time. If you're not familiar, it's a gay bar in the Valley. And she had this security guy that liked her, and she liked him, and they would flirt a little bit. And that's when I was really partying and enjoying myself. So uh, I would slut it up a bit. <laughs> i remember once or twice buying renee hot dogs so that uh she would have something to do while i was in the parking lot or there's not even a parking lot there it's just street parking but i'd be in one of the cars hanging out with a new friend that i would never talk to again but it was fun it was it was a good time and then uh two or three years ago we were i was in new york because i was supposed to do a gig not only for comedy juice in new york but uh they do comedy juice at gotham there and then we also were in cape may we got way too drunk in Jersey or uh, atlantic city excuse me way too drunk in atlantic city And We won't go into that story But the fun the fun night was the first night when I got there because I had to do uh, Gotham that night for comedy juice and then we have this thing That it isn't even planned like now we joke about it that it's Has turned into what it what it is um where it'll be like when we were in new york we were walking around and we walked by the uh the stonewall inn which is a a famous gay bar where stonewall happened if you're familiar and we were there and all of a sudden i was like let's go in and just have a drink nothing crazy let's just have one drink and we go in that leads to shots at some point the bartender ended up carrying me like a baby and i only know this because we had pictures (laughs) like the next day i woke up and i was like renee when did this happen and she was like oh my god i don't remember that either and there was this old gay dude that kept trying to sing like uh freddie mercury who he kept calling eddie mercury and we were trying to be polite but It was the worst he had the worst voice ever but he was telling us how he did karaoke and he loved Eddie Mercury and it was just a ridiculous ridiculous weekend that I was there we almost we had a huge blow-up in Atlantic City I'll tell you that and we brought it back around so long story short short Renee is my ride-or-die friend if you don't know and so happy birthday to Renee and Miss Patricia, if you're listening, hello to you. If you guys don't know, which most of you don't, Miss Patricia is Renee's mother and Miss Patricia is absolutely hilarious. I When I was in New Jersey, I stayed with them and it was great and I hope everybody's doing well in New Jersey and I hope life is being good to you guys. So on to regular business people have been asking me about Donald Trump still I still get asked to do podcasts about it I'm doing less and less podcasts about it I did one for Jessica Michelle Singleton last week and that was fun I'll let you know when it's out it still isn't out yet I'm sure because I haven't heard anything about it Uh, I'm doing less and less of those though because it's just In a way, it's all interesting to me still. I still enjoy following along somewhat. But too many people are still too angry about it. And people act shocked about stuff that I don't really care about. Like there was the dossier that came out the other day. Well, not necessarily came out. Like BuzzFeed said, we don't really know if this is true. But here it is. You can check it out. And it had the, you know thing about Russian hookers and pee, and I don't really care what anybody does with hookers. I don't care at all. So it's not like that's going to change my mind on anything. And when it comes to Russia specifically, some people get mad at me for saying it, but I feel like it would be nice for us to have a better relationship with Russia, especially with all that's been going on. And we share some I guess you would say mutual enemies, so I don't see anything wrong, and I'm not at all worried about Trump getting along with Putin. I hope they do get along, and I know that people say, you know, that the Russians had donated however much money or stuff like that people bring up, but the truth is Hillary had you know people donating money that we don't necessarily get along with or wouldn't want having influence in the united states and that's just the way politics works and it's unfortunate and i understand every single person that says screw politics all for my friends that say that i definitely get why you say that i'm not trying to say that you should feel any different but for me this is the way it works this is a system we have And I'm just doing my best to keep a positive attitude about everything and remember that that stuff only is gonna affect me so much everybody wants me to panic about everything like Obamacare and I just don't think people have a full grasp of The fact that we don't have the same Priorities and we don't have the same fears and I'm not gonna pretend we do Just to make people that I don't know happy in a lot of cases, I don't know the people that come after me the hardest. And it's like your concerns are different than mine. A lot of times people are worried about like what their kids are going to see. Well, I don't want my kids to see that there's a president. and Well, I don't have kids. OK, so the same way I'm not expecting dog care to be at the top of your list is the same way you shouldn't be expecting your kids to be at the top of mine. That's just not the way it works. And I'm not going to pretend that I do care about what it is that's important to you when it's just not a concern for me. Obamacare, I stay healthy. That's what I do. And if anything happens, I'll pay for it. That's just what's going to have to, the way it's going to have to go down. I mean, I somehow found the money to get elective surgery. I'm sure I could find the money to get one that I actually needed. Maybe... Then you'd finally get to see me pull a GoFundMe or something. (laughs) Something like that, you know, which we all know how I feel about that. Anyway, like I said, there's a lot of good things happening on the comedy scene. A lot of good people on the comedy scene. One thing that is a bit disappointing is one of my favorite open mics is closing down. That's the Liquid Zoo. Uh, They will no longer be doing the Wednesday night open mic as of or after next week. Next week will be the last Liquid Zoo open mic. Ron Swallow has been running that. I was one of the original hosts for the Liquid Zoo. I don't remember who was before me. Maybe it was Gail Gramlich, who's a good friend of mine. She does comedy once in a while now, but not really anymore. She was the bartender out at the Liquid Zoo, which if you're not familiar with Liquid Zoo, it's on Sepulveda and Sherman Way out in Van so out in the valley. And when I, I used to host that mic, like I said, and when I first was hosting it, that's when it was really at its quote unquote worst as far as what was going on in the bar. There were a lot of prostitutes and pimps there. The pimps would sit in the corner. There There's a kind of a little corner where the pimps used to sit or a pimp a night was usually what it worked out to. And his girls would come in and give him some money, and he would kick it. And I would say watch the comedy show, but not really. He, uh, The pimps there weren't really the biggest in the comedy. But, you know, they. in my opinion, they added to the atmosphere. I had some good times when I was hosting the zoo. I hosted it for a while. Then I think there might have been a host or two in between. And then Ron Swallow took it over, and Ron Swallow has been running it for A long time now. I don't know how many years it's been that Ron has been running it, but God bless Ron Swallow for giving all the comics a place to work out and being there week after week because I only did it for so long. I think I might have been like four or five months that I was the host every week. And you get to see the worst side of comics when you run an open mic because they all turn into children and they want to know when they're gonna go up and Sometimes, a lot of times it's the worst people where it's just like, you're terrible. Like, Don't be in a hurry to go up. Just please work on your set. Go stay quiet and write for a while so that we're not all getting punished by what it is you do for yet another week. Let's see, on the drama front... Here's the deal. Here's what I'll tell you guys about that. Uh, Last week I put up a post about a comic named Ashley Hamilton where I referred to her as mediocre. And I don't apologize for that, but at the same time I do respect Ashley because she walked up to me on Saturday night when I was at the Hollywood Hotel, the BAPS open mic. She walked over and or no, actually she was sitting down and I Ended up in her area because she was sitting near where the hosts are and then we started talking and Yeah, we argued for a little bit Jeff Carasales who is the homie (laughs) was involved in being silly and somewhat moderating in his own in his own way Um But it got a little loud for a while. All the comics ran over like there was going to be a fight or something. But that's ridiculous. I mean, like, Ashley's an adult. I'm an adult. And we just—it got heated for a second just as far as the words went and the things we were saying to each other. But that's a part of the game. And so I do respect Ashley for actually talking about it. And I told Ashley that night, and I'll tell you guys as far as I'm concerned— Me and Ashley Hamilton, our relationship is reset. So now we start back at zero and hopefully we continue to be cool. The way I see it when it comes to stand-up is if we're all going to be on the scene and we're being serious about what we're doing, which I know I am. And I think after 13 years and the things I've done, I've definitely proved that I am serious about doing stand-up. So if you feel the same way, then we should probably be on the cool side, or at worst, not talk at all. Like, that's the way I feel with a lot of the comics. When comics try to give me shade out of nowhere, it's like, I don't really need that from you. I've been working on my stuff on this scene for a long time. And sometimes because I work so much on the scene, people will assume that means I'm not doing anything else. And it's such a ridiculous way to look at things i like to stay working on new material i like to make sure that i'm always comfortable on stage that i'm always getting more because even though some people think some spots are pointless or when there's no audience There's no reason to go up or if it's just comics like people have so many reasons why they can't do comedy Why they can't actually work on their craft and the way I feel about it is no matter how bad the room No matter how few people there are in the room, even if the other night I did um, a set at Mel's in Hollywood I did a set for Fernando. It was on Monday And all the other comics had already left. And I came in. Well, I came in as the other comics were leaving. And I would already signed up. And so I come in and I do a a set just for Fernando. And some people would think that that that's pointless. But to me, I feel like the more I'm on stage, the more comfortable I am. The more natural it looks. The better off everything is in the long run. So... Even though those aren't my favorite sets to do when there's no one in the room, I'm still going to do them. They also help out when you're on the road because a lot of people have this glamorized idea of what the road is. But sometimes the road is really great and it's everything you hear about. Sometimes you're performing for packed rooms and it's absolutely wonderful. But a lot of times when you're doing the road, you're performing for... A bar crowd or not that many people, especially if you're doing like triple runs or some of the the smaller Like what they call runs or one-nighters Those can be somewhat brutal and if you're used to la brutal They're actually kind of on the easy side because you're like, okay, I might only have 20 people tonight here in this bar but There are 20 people that are excited about comedy, which is more than you can say for a lot of the L.A. audiences. And I don't blame L.A. or the audiences, and I'm not complaining when I say that. But the thing is, there are so many options as far as entertainment goes here in L.A. that you really can't blame people for just being like, oh, yeah, we got more live music. Great. We got another open mic. Great. We got, you know, comedians. Great. People aren't always the most excited about it. Plus, people don't go out for comedy a lot of times in L.A. or for open mic in general. But a lot of times people in L.A. are done with their jobs and they just want to go have a drink and talk to a friend and then all of a sudden they find out there's a comedy show at the spot that they wanted to have a drink at. So not only are they not the most receptive, sometimes they're outright hostile. We used to do a spot called Michael's Pub Which was over in the valley. I can't remember. I think it was like Burbank and Lancashire or something like that. Or Vineland and Burbank. Either way. We used to do this spot. And there was a pool league that used to go on at the same time as a comedy show. And they were outright hostile. They would heckle. They would complain about the show to us while we were on stage. And you just have to work with it. You'd have to, you know, sometimes argue with them. I think that show ended because of a knife fight, technically. And this is no joke or exaggeration. I think the reason that they finally ended up stopping that show, I wasn't there the week that it happened. I ended up hearing about it from the host later. But something had happened. There was an argument. Somebody pulled out a knife I don't remember if anybody got stabbed or not it might have been a superficial stabbing (laughs) which (laughs) sounds silly but i think that's honestly what happened there and these were the kinds of things you're up against you know this is the way that it works sometimes in la stand-up and there is occasionally the like i said the tendency to focus on the negative but there's also the seeing people now that in a lot of cases I've had a over 10 year relationship with and so sometimes with the newer people it it does get a little annoying because it's like okay you're new what you should be doing is actually working on your stuff whether you're funny or not or trying to figure it out what your real focus should be is Trying to get your stuff together and worrying about you not worried about the gossip on the scene Not worried about what people are saying about me or anybody else not worried about feminism or Transphobia or any of the stuff that people are worried about online right now really shouldn't concern the newer comics because what a lot of the newer comics I think aren't fully aware of is that the way comedy works is sometimes you do step out of yourself. Sometimes you do say things that aren't necessarily things you believe in. They're just you've just found a funny way to put a different idea. And that doesn't always have to be your political belief or your your stance on LGBT rights or any of that. Sometimes it's just finding a funny way to say something. Conveying that to the audience and then later on you go back and find the point or exactly what you're trying to do But that's what the open mics are for is just to work on that stuff. And I noticed a lot of people trying to stifle other people's creativity, and I don't really understand where that comes from. If you don't like something, then don't say it. But don't try to make it so other comics can't say it, because some of us need to be working on these ideas. Some of us are trying to go further than you are as far as our thinking and, and stretch the way people see things. And in a lot of cases, that's the best way to educate, because, yeah, you'll say something inflammatory, but then that'll start a dialogue afterwards. I have... Con- um, audience members all over the country i'll do my set which some people think there are certain parts that are inflammatory to me it's all jokes and fun and the audience definitely gets that whenever i'm on the road it's not like i have these problems with people being so offended and walking out and it's just not what my reality is so it's kind of hard for me to have other comics tell me what i do is offensive when i'm like offensive to who to to you because You're trying to do comedy and you haven't figured out what it works like yet. You haven't figured out the way that it goes. And so I'm supposed to pretend that now I'm in the same position you are and we have the same feelings. Well, we don't because the way I look at comedy is completely different. But what I was trying to say is a lot of times after an actual show, because of all the stuff I talk about. People will walk up to me and they'll ask me, audience members will ask me certain questions about being LGBT and you find out that in a lot of cases these people aren't hateful at all. These people just wanted a way in so that they could ask some questions and kind of figure out something that in a lot of cases is foreign to them. Not everybody has huge exposure to LGBT. Not everybody has huge exposure to a lot of what's happening in the cities, especially in smaller towns. I tell people all the time about the Trump situation when uh, the election was happening. Everybody in L.A. and California was so shocked and so surprised that Donald Trump actually won. But I was working the road a lot during that time when... uh, You know the campaigns when everything was happening that I was on the road. And so I was seeing Trump signs all over the country and I kind of had an idea Yeah night of I had been spending some time in LA for a couple weeks leading up But the night of I was kind of like, okay maybe Hillary's got this but That obviously didn't turn out to be the case and yeah, I know everything with popular vote and stuff like that You know, I guess it was 2.8 million That hillary is over in the popular vote, but to me that also speaks to kind of the way that things work out and why it is that That trump ended up winning because the hillary people were just kind of this blind rage And I know everybody says like the Trump people were so angry, but Hillary people are pretty angry people in a lot of cases. I know plenty of level headed. But at the same time, when people put all of that on Trump, you know, Trump supporters, when they're like, oh, Trump supporters, this, this is it's like not really. I mean, like, yes, but no, at the same time, both sides. The problem is. The loudest people on both sides are the most obnoxious and not the people we want to be be listening to or have represent us. And that's whether you're a Trump supporter or a Hillary supporter, the ones that call people assholes online, the ones that haven't figured out how to articulate what they're saying without name calling, without attacking the person's character, because that's a lot of times what, what people fall to on social media. It's like I'm talking about actual politics and you're talking about what an asshole I am. Never mind the fact that we've never met in real life. But you want to say that I'm an asshole, I'm a racist, I'm whatever else you want to call me. And that's supposed to be 100% okay. Then the minute I say anything back, the minute I respond to you being a hateful person, then all of a sudden, oh, typical Trump supporter, I see why. Well... No, it's just I'm better at this. I am better at really zinging people. Like, one person that's gotten on my nerves with that is this person by the name of Olivia Hayter. Olivia Hayter claims to be a comic. She always comments negatively on me whenever my name comes up on her Facebook feed. Uh, she recently, there was a post where somebody had said that There was a comic that posted as their status that I had said that I was going to slit their throat in front of their mom. Now, mind you, I haven't seen this comic or had any interaction with this comic in three years. And the last time we dealt with each other wasn't at all negative. We didn't have any kind of argument. There was no dispute, nothing going on. So I don't know what made this person decide to post that as their status. But I was leaving the gym. I got a text message from a friend. The text message was a screenshot of this particular post. My friend isn't even in LA, um, and I was—I just didn't understand where this came from. I didn't understand why anybody would say that. And if you want to say whatever you want about my comedy or something like that, I'm fine with that. I'll let that go. In most cases, I wouldn't even comment on that sort of thing. But When you are giving the idea that I threatened you with what amounts to murder, then, yeah, of course I'm going to stop that. And, of course, I'm not going to be lighthearted and fun about that. I don't have a relationship with you. I'm not friends with you. And you're telling people that I threatened to kill you in front of your mother. Why would you think that that's okay? And then this person was trying to act like, you know, well, I think everybody knows that, you know, I'm an absurdist and whatever. And it's like, no, that not, not everybody knows that because not everybody knows you. It's not like you're a household name or even a well-known name. You're somewhat known on the comedy scene, I guess. But yeah, it's and we're both comics on the scene. So... There are other bookers saying this and I had a few friends tell me afterwards that they didn't know what was going on there. They didn't know if that was a serious post or what was going on. So clearly this personality that you think you've set up isn't what isn't in reality what people are thinking. There's there were people that were thinking that I had somehow or decided to threaten you. Why would I threaten you when we don't see each other? So this person Olivia Hayter is one of the first comments and she's like, yeah, he's a piece of shit Well, Olivia Hayter is a trans quote-unquote woman That doesn't put any time into herself has a heavy beard line Is homeless? Most of the time as far as I know like she had a go fund me To raise money to get an rv and raised I think seven or eight thousand dollars which I don't know why people even donated to that because I had heard months before that even happened from we have mutual friends from mutual friends that they had tried everything they could to get her a job to get her job interviews she wouldn't show up for job interviews she wouldn't even go to things she was living in her van she's always on Facebook my, my advice to people like Olivia Hayter is put down the Facebook However, you're doing it whether it's your phone or on your computer. However, you're doing it put down the Facebook Stop responding to stuff on social media and get your life together That's what you really need to do is just get your life together. Don't worry about any of this other stuff It's all periphery What you need to do is focus on getting your life together because you lived in an RV that you had to panhandle you were an online panhandler trying to get money for this RV you got the RV and then after that your status updates were still negative complaining about the fact that your RV life wasn't all that it was cracked up to be you hadn't checked out the electrical in this RV before you bought it and this is something that's from your own Facebook so this is you being stupid yet again not figuring out the way that life works if I were gonna buy an RV if that was where I was gonna live I would make sure that everything worked in it before I actually ended up in the RV but you weren't even smart enough to do that probably because you were on facebook arguing about stuff instead of taking care of business and handling the stuff you needed to handle then supposedly your rv got stolen because i did ask on that post because here's the deal i'm not going to be nice to people that are considered to be a protected class by other comics when they're talking shit about me it's not like you can say anything you want about me but i'm not allowed to touch this particular subject because you're considered a a protected class no you say i'm a piece of shit cool bro i say you're a man that's what i say olivia hater and guess what so does that dick between your legs maybe that's what you need to worry about maybe you need to worry about getting more comfortable with your body you're figuring out what you're going to do with yourself because you are a mess and that's just what it is you're fat you're supposedly got your hormones stolen not too long ago and you were Again, trying to panhandle. I could tell when people are trying to lightweight panhandle. Because, you know, when me and these people argue, I definitely do go to their page. And I'm like, okay, let me see what's going on in their life real quick since they're loving to talk shit about me. And the first post I see from Olivia Hader on her page is that... This her state funded in or her state insurance wasn't going to cover replacing her hormones So she needed $40 or she was going to be a hormonal bitch. Well one you're not a bitch. You're a dude That's the first thing and Secondly, you're always hormonal. That's why you're arguing with people online all the time And if you really are on hormones, somebody needs to get the memo to your beard because that hasn't softened softened up at all You look horrible You always have a five o'clock shadow. Anytime I see you, I feel like listening to George Michael. The late George Michael. Yeah, that shadow is ridiculous. You've got a beard most of us are envious of. And you have the nerve to call yourself a woman. Get a hold of yourself, please. (sighs) Not all of us have to buy into this. So, she... Says i'm a fucking piece of shit. And so I go after her and call her a dude I ask her how her rv is working out Turns out her rv gotten got stolen which I don't know how anybody steals an rv but good for you And I doubt your rv even got, got stolen. What you probably did was sold it You didn't want to tell the people from your Go go fund me that You decided to sell your RV because then it would seem like you're kind of double-dipping in a way. And I think you're a horrible person. Not to mention, I also know that you got caught in somebody's house that you weren't supposed to be staying in after they had asked you not to be there anymore. So that's another thing. I also know that almost everybody that used to consider you a friend in real life has stopped talking to you or has limited their interaction with you. And the thing that bothers me with all of this is these people know what a horrible person you are and they still stand up for you online or try to act like you're cool in regular life when they've all told me the way that they really feel about you. But this is one of those cases where somebody decides to talk about me all the time, but because they're trans, they think that I'm not supposed to say anything about them or their situation. Well, it's out there. So... You can think i'm a horrible person all you want that's arguable the fact that you're a man not arguable the fact that you always you know you don't even have to worry about getting your nuts cut off because every time i see you you swallow them anyway that's the thing that bothers me the most about olivia hater is that she talks all this shit online but then when i see her in person suddenly her eyes hit the floor Suddenly, she can't make eye contact with me. She doesn't have anything to say. That's what bothers me. You're only brave when you're behind your computer. That's the only time you're brave. And you're probably not even behind your computer. You're probably just on your phone. I don't know where you're getting your Wi-Fi or what your plan is, but you need to get your life together. That's, that's my advice to Olivia Hayter. Is completely put down the Facebook. Get off social media altogether. Get a job Figure out what you're going to do about that beard, buy some fresh razors, get a new start, be a new woman. (sighs) Sorry, I got angry there, you guys, but I'm just tired of these so-called protected classes. That's why I didn't mind with Trump in that, uh, you know, people keep bringing up how he made fun of the handicap reporter. I don't really care about that. I've had a handicapped people try to come after me online and act like they were Again a protected class and I was not supposed to say anything back. Nope. Sorry, you gimp But not doing it had this fat hunchback talking shit about me the other day online too. Andrew Andrew Codhill I think is his name Don't even fucking know this guy and he starts talking shit about me And I i've seen him, but I don't know him. We don't have any kind of relationship He even admits that we have no relationship But he was upset because I was talking about ashley hamilton. Well, Look at how dumb you are, because Ashley Hamilton, now, we reset our relationship, so as far as I go, we're cool, and I think as far as she goes, we're cool, too. So, we're cool, and you jumped in, talking some shit that you didn't know anything about, when you don't know me, and now what's gonna happen is, I'll talk to you when I see you in person. I don't wanna deal with you online, I blocked him, as soon as he started talking shit, I put up with him for, I think, two comments. Because I you know first he tried to talk shit Then I asked him If we actually knew each other Because I was like as far as I know We've never talked So I don't know where all this is coming from Where you have all these feelings about me and he was like well you were mean to Ashley online the other day and it's like Okay you fat hunchback I get it But what you gotta understand is no matter What you say no matter what you do Ashley Hamilton Is gonna fuck you anyway you're a hunchback Fucking gimp and nobody wants to Fuck with you that's what it is you're a hunchback You're fat you're disgusting You look like shit you dress like shit I don't know what your comedy's like Because I haven't seen you go up as far as I know You're an online not even personality You're just somebody that Exists online that's kind of the way I see you so good luck with that not getting laid life because that's clearly what you're living uh people disgust me so yeah so that was another one that was talking about me um I, and I'm you know it's it's Sometimes I pay attention to these people online and sometimes I just completely ignore them Like there have been complete threads about me where I don't say anything where I'm just like, okay Well that happens and then like I said, I've been sent screenshots of different things, which you know that too I'm, I'm always like who are these people? Why do these people have such opinions about me when in a lot of cases? I don't even know who they are or if I do know them. I know them in passing like and the most cowardly thing is a lot of these people I say Hi, to because as far as I know, they're just another person on the scene. Because if I've never met you and I have no bad opinion of you, then I treat you with respect. So I say hi to most of these people, assuming that we're cool and they say hi to me. And then I find out online you don't like me. Well, I'll tell you one thing I have over you as terrible as a person as I'm supposed to be. I'll tell you one thing that I have over you. I'm not secretly harboring feelings about any of you. I'm not hating you over you getting in an argument. I see arguments that don't have anything to do with me online all the time, where it's comics just getting into it. Sometimes with people that I really know, I really respect. I'm not going to get involved in that. I'm not going to suddenly not like one of you, or even if I really like the other comic, it's just not what I do. I feel like it's best for me to mind my business and pay attention to what is, is what I have going. I mean, like, until you do something to me, then we don't have a problem. Until you say something about me, then we don't have a problem. And that's the way I feel that most of you should be. I feel like most of you should be worried about your own shit. Keep your eyes on your own paper. That's not what people want to do. But like I said, then there's also plenty of good on the scene. Like right now, there's some stuff that I really do like on the scene that's been happening. You know, uh, my friend Stephen Holliman, who's an Arizona guy, he's been running the Hooters on Hollywood on Wednesday nights. It's like on Hollywood Boulevard. It's upstairs at the Hooters. And, you know, between him and Everett, Everett, who also is involved with Boys Club, which is on Mondays, and I've talked about it several times on my podcast. I've told you guys about Boys Club being one of my favorite rooms. I showed up there there the other night. Another great time there. Um, that's him and Daniel. Daniel Mokey that runs that. And, uh, you know, but Hooters is such a good situation, the way that they're doing it, because Everett and Steven... Will go downstairs and they'll bark on the street, you know Which if you don't know what barking is that's when you know, you kind of hustle people in off the street You call them in it's more of a new york thing because in la a lot of places don't lend themselves to that as far as uh, foot traffic, but When you're on hollywood boulevard and you have the ability to bark people in and you do that that can be very effective so steven and everett have really been turning hooters into something and it's just a fun situation i don't get to go there weekly i was there last night that was a good time um but you know i was at the improv last night too which hollywood improv is great that's um i was i was happy because i got to see my friend jen murphy there which she's one of the people that i started with and a lot of times when i hear female comics complaining about what they're not getting and what they're not doing i'm always like Yeah, you're not funny and it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that you're a female. You're just not funny You don't put the work in you don't try you don't write new stuff or maybe you just aren't a funny person Has that ever occurred to anybody in the history of doing open mics? That maybe it just looked fun to you and you thought it was gonna be like any other job where oh I'll just get good at it and you didn't get good at it I believe people can develop into funnier people than they were but some people really just don't have a funny bone in their body and for some reason a lot of those people have started doing comedy and I don't know why exactly they think that that would work out or how they would think that's that's a good a good fit for them it's like then there's some people where you're like oh I get what's happening you laugh at the t- stuff you say so you don't even notice that the people around you aren't laughing at the stuff you say I've seen plenty of that. But anyway, my friend Jen Murphy, she's a hard worker. She'll do any room that she can possibly do. She'll perform at any club she can possibly perform at. And she's just so funny. She rocks rooms. And I've known her since I first got to town. And she's just one of the people that I think of where I'm like, yeah, she doesn't get nearly as many opportunities as she should get but every time I see her, she's got a good attitude. She's not trying to blame it on anything because, you know, we were talking a bit about it last night. Like there are times where I could blame the fact that I'm gay on certain things that I haven't gotten because there have been people that have told me outright in emails. Yeah, I just don't think what you would do would work in my club. And it's like, what I do would work in you don't think what I do would work in your club like be funny like because that's what I do And I work rooms just like yours. So I don't know. I mean I can send you Because I have so much footage of myself performing which I need to start editing more and putting out on social media but I'm, i always feel like I can send you me doing rooms just like yours me doing rooms worse than yours It's only because I'm gay that you think what I do, quote unquote, wouldn't work in your room. That's the only reason. But rather than blame it on that, I just feel like it's better for me to keep working. If you say no, then I submit to somebody else and hopefully they say yes and just keep sending my stuff out. Keep working on new stuff. Keep working on my comfortability, my stage presence. Keep working on everything. And I feel like Jen Murphy is the same way because we talked about that and she told me, yeah, when I don't get stuff, I don't usually even think about it being the fact that I'm a woman. Uh, There's a lot of reasons that people don't get stuff when it comes to like, if you're trying to get feature work, one thing we talked about is a lot of the headliners bring their own features along now. So it used to be the clubs that would book the features, you know, for those of you that aren't comedy savvy the feature is the person that goes in the middle it's usually host feature headliner is the way a show works and yeah the feature does a 30 minute spot i think i talked about it before how great the feature spot is the feature spot can be really fun really easy it is butter but um yeah a lot of headliners bring along their features now where the clubs used to book the features so there is significantly less opportunities available to feature for a comic unless You're working for the headliner specifically the headliner requests you Then another thing that started to happen when it comes to people wanting to feature on the road because That's also a lot of times how you'll introduce yourself to headline at a club is you'll get the feature spot You'll do really well in that and then they bring you back as the headliner. That's the way i've done it in a lot of um, instances but the thing with feature work that's also happened is a lot of cases now people will use features from their own city or you know like the I should say the comedy club will use local features that's a better way to put it yeah the comedy clubs will put use local features because if they use a local feature then they don't have to pay for a hotel then there's just a lot of stuff that they don't really have to worry about that they have to think about when they have an out of town feature come in which isn't always the best you know i try to stay open and easy about it because i know that the local guys do need opportunities so i'm not going to hate on that but at the same time sometimes the clubs aren't the most discriminating and all they're thinking about is saving money so you do get bad comics featuring or opening for you where you're just like yeah i don't even think this person should be doing a seven minute guest set but for some reason they're my half-hour feature, so now I'm gonna have to dig out of this hole and I know I've told you guys before but my real Point of view on all that is I know some comics like for the comic before them to bomb That way they look that much better, but that's not the case with me at all I like my features to rock it I like them to destroy the room. That way, all I have to go up and do is reset it and then fucking ride the wave. Because I just reset it with my energy. I bring, uh, when I have my choice, I bring Chris Rubio along with me. Or there's also my friend Chris Storn that I bring along with me. And when I bring them, the thing I like about that is that they both just fucking destroy it. They're both so funny and they're the opposite of me. They're very animated So that gives me another factor that kind of I guess you would say works against me Because you know, I'm not the most animated guy in the world. So for me, it's kind of like starting my My set off with like a challenge because I have to Not only reset the room and get them used to what it is. I do which isn't as animated as stuff that that they do but I I don't mind I, I want to work hard. I want to be Really? I want to be worth the money that people pay to see me I want to be worth the time that people took out of their lives To actually watch my show. That's what I want I want people to Leave feeling like yeah that guy really did and said some stuff that we're not going to hear every day And we may not agree with all of it, but it was funny and it was worth hiring that babysitter for it was worth all the stuff we had to do to make it here on time for this show. That's that's what I want, people. So, yeah, I want to bring somebody strong along with me. That way it makes me work extra hard and have to be better than that. And I wouldn't even say better because I don't look at it in a competition sort of way. I'm really only competing with myself is the way I see it, which I know bugs the shit out of some people. And I don't know why that bothers people so much. It bothers people that I don't. Look at other comics as competition, but when I say that, it's not at all in a derogatory way towards the other comics. I just don't look at this as competitive in that way. Like, there, if you're good and I'm good, there's plenty of room for both of us. And if you're good and giving good shows and a good name to what it is we do. Then that just makes it easier for me to sell my show or for me to get people to come out and see me That's the way I feel and vice versa I give shout outs to other comics all the time when I know they're gonna be in a city that i'm in I'm, always like yeah, go see this person They're hilarious. They're gonna be here at this same venue in two weeks or in a week like, uh mike stanley is a comic that i haven't known mike stanley long and i don't know him that well but i know that he's good at what he does and i know that i met him when he was here in la and not only got to witness it i got to see him do a set but also we talked you know in the green room and he's funny he's good so when i was in oklahoma city i think it was and i was um or Yeah, that was Oklahoma City. He was going to be there the following week. And, yeah, I definitely let that audience know, you need to come back and see Mike Stanley. I don't know. Maybe I don't get people because... Maybe it is I'm better than them. And I don't mean Mike Stanley in those comics. I mean, like, these shitty people that seem to look at comedy as, like, a competition. Maybe... If you're confident in what you do because there's a lot of people that I like like that like Mike Stanley that I mentioned Ben Roy is another one uh, I like Darren Carter a lot there, there's just a lot of comics that I see That I really do like and I don't feel at all in any way that I'm competing with them I want to see them get ahead, because it helps my industry, is the way I see it, and I wish that a lot more of us, what I would call road comics, rather than, um, you know, a lot of times what TV will put out for you, or the alt scene, because there's plenty of alt comics that are good, but in a lot of cases, they're really not, and that's because they don't try to appeal to the everyday person, they're more about trying to appeal to a very small audience that I guess reads a lot of books or I don't know what it is these people do but they're not into the funniest stuff if they like these alt comics because a lot of these alt comics just really aren't funny. I like a lot of different types of stuff but It's just not funny what a lot of these people are doing. Or what I should say what they're calling alt-comedy. Because alt-comedy can be very funny too. Um, But anyway, I got off track. And, you know, let's be honest. I've talked enough. So let me remind you what's good in life. Everett Byram, good in life. Daniel Daniel Mokey, good in life. Jen Murphy, good in life. Ron Swallow, good in life. Jeff Carasales, very good in life. Stephen Holloman, Arizona guy, good in life. Um, Chris Storen, super obnoxious, good in life. Chris Rubio, doesn't listen to my podcast, fuck him, good in life. Um... <laughs> Happy birthday Renee good in life. Miss Patricia good in life. My mom good in life. Bijou gets on my nerves fell in the lake at MacArthur Park the other day had to give her a bath I didn't have time for good in life. Jerry steals all the covers while we're in bed. Still super cute to sleep with, but if I try to pull him in, he'll put his paws out and give me the wait, 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 and not let me hug him. But good in life. Um, Yeah, that's all the good stuff. I could go into who's not good again, but no need to talk about that dude Olivia hater again. We all know she's a man, man. That's from Austin Powers. Anyway, you guys... I'm glad we had this chat and I'm glad I re-recorded because the last one was entirely too negative. And you know, you can't really come off too bothered if you're going to be unbothered. And my name is Ty Rivera and I'm definitely 100% unbothered you can find me at americasfavoritefag.com still working on the makeover for that but you know you know you know you know anyway i hope you guys all have a good week i hope you enjoyed this episode leave me some comments uh give me some itunes reviews do some stuff for me huh why don't you guys be part of what's good in life? Maybe I'll mention your name on the next Good in Life. Oh, Andrew Jacobs, Good in Life. I appreciate you, sir. All the shout-outs you give me, uh, occasionally trolling people that I think are, uh, I think your trolls are hilarious. Oh, and Anthony D. Gutierrez, Good in Life. I did his show um, in the Yucca Valley. So much fun. Those people were so ready for a good time that was last friday and yeah one of the things i like about anthony is he just doesn't give a fuck and boy is that guy a troll he'll make a meme in a minute about some um some silliness and just really clown the shit out of people and i really do respect that anyway next week we'll talk more about step and fetch faggots um when it comes to fags that i really like though i will tell you i'm still 100 uh on board the jimmy rogers train that's one person samir suri Definitely a fan of Samir Suri. That's my boy right there. Uh, those two fags. Don't hold it against them You guys if you're on the scene, those are my friends and Lila Hart Lila Hart get better soon um, I know that you were supposed to go home from the hospital today and I hope that that Went through the way that it's supposed to and that you did in fact go home. I hope you're feeling better Madison Sinclair also just had a lung surgery so madison shout out to you i don't know if you listen to the podcast or not but anyway good vibes headed your way thank you guys i love you unbothered by ty rivera have a good day have a good week um we'll talk soon